This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A horrific day in San Jose, California. A gunman opens fire at a light rail facility, killing his co-workers. The bomb squad's frantic search tonight for explosives he may have left behind. At least eight are dead in yet another mass shooting in America. The enormous crime scene, the suspicious fire at the gunman's house, and the heartbreak as family members learn their loved ones didn't survive. Lab leak or wet market? President Biden publicly announces he wants the U.S. intelligence community to redouble their efforts and produce a report in the next 90 days about the origins of the coronavirus, why China is still refusing to allow investigators in. Dr. Fauci's prediction, the nation's top infectious disease doctor on when we'll see the end of the pandemic. Vaccine incentives tonight, the Vax-A-Million winner announced how one state's lottery encouraged young people to get their shot. Plus, 10 million Americans are immunocompromised. Why the COVID vaccines may not offer them protection. Travel rebounds. Tens of millions will travel for Memorial Day, but the skies have gotten unruly. What led a passenger to punch a flight attendant? Record-breaking heat. The extreme weather coming from millions. Super flower blood moon. Yep, you heard that right. The incredible show in the sky. And remembering Samuel E. Wright. Under the sea. From the Little Mermaid to the Lion King. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with that breaking news out of San Jose, where tonight another American city is grappling with the horror of a mass shooting. At least eight victims are dead and others are wounded after a transit employee opened fire on his own co-workers before killing himself. The shooting at a rail yard used by the Valley Transit Authority forced a nearby school to lock down and sent employees scrambling. Well, tonight, rail service for thousands of commuters in the nation's 10th largest city is suspended. As investigators search for explosives, they believe may have been left by the 57-year-old shooter, Samuel Cassidy. And at the White House, President Biden has ordered flags at half-staff. In a statement, the president says, quote, enough that we can and we must do more to end an epidemic of gun violence. CBS's Jamie Ucas is in San Jose tonight and is going to lead off our coverage. Good evening, Jamie. 
Good evening, Nora. The shooting took place inside two buildings at that rail yard. And right now, investigators are still pouring over the scene, worried about possible explosives. This all unfolded right next door to the county sheriff's department. And tonight, deputies are being hailed as heroes for rescuing workers, even as the gunman was still shooting. This is an active shooter. The first shots rang out shortly after 6.30 as transit workers were changing shifts ahead of the morning commute. They're still actively looking for him and he was last seen on the third floor. Police say the gunman killed eight people and injured others before turning the gun on himself. CBS News has learned the shooter is Samuel Cassidy, a 57-year-old Valley Transit employee who lived nearby. A law enforcement source tells CBS News workers had gathered for a union meeting. When the shooting started, they were heard yelling, run, hide, fight. Does this feel like you lost eight members of your family? Absolutely. And, and even more so for the, the direct employees. Um, it's, a, it's a small organization. Everyone knows everyone. The shooter's motive is still not known at this time. Adding to the chaos, a bomb-sniffing dog detected explosives at the scene. We received information that there are explosive devices that are located inside the building. That being said, we activated our bomb squad. Eight miles away, smoke could be seen billowing from Cassidy's home, where police suspect arson. Hundreds of rounds of ammunition were found at the home. This is a very dark moment for our city and for our community. These are and were essential workers. Workers and family members waited across the street at the county administration building when they heard the brutal news. People inside there and later on today will be learning that it was goodbye forever. Our heart pains for the families and the co-workers. Because we know that so many are feeling deeply this loss of their loved ones and their friends. This month so far, there have been 62 mass shootings in the U.S. Today's senseless violence is the seventh workplace shooting this year. Pick a state, and here we are. Begs the damn question, what the hell's going on in the United States of America? What the hell's wrong with us? It's the worst mass shooting in the Bay Area in nearly 30 years. Tonight, investigators are working multiple crime scenes to find a motive. Nora? Jamie Yukas, thank you. And tonight, President Biden is asking the intelligence community to come closer to a definitive conclusion as to where the coronavirus came from. There are two primary theories, someone getting infected by an animal or a lab accident. The explanation pushed by the Trump administration. CBS's Weijia Jiang reports from the White House. President Biden tonight is pushing the intelligence community to redouble their efforts with a 90-day review to find out where COVID-19 came from, an infected animal or a lab accident in Wuhan. In a carefully worded statement, Mr. Biden said top officials do not believe there is sufficient information to assess one to be more likely than the other. The intelligence community does not know exactly where, when, or how COVID-19 virus was transmitted initially. The administration blames the uncertainty on China's refusal to provide critical information and data collected during the early stages of the pandemic. 
Today, top U.S. medical officials testified that COVID-19 probably emerged from an animal, but said drawing a definitive conclusion requires more investigation. It is most likely that this is a virus that arose naturally, but we cannot exclude the possibility of some kind of a lab accident. In March, the World Health Organization concluded that it is extremely unlikely COVID-19 was introduced in a lab. But the administration has questioned the credibility of that finding because Beijing has refused to let inspectors into the Wuhan lab, where three researchers reportedly got so sick with COVID-like symptoms they had to be hospitalized in November 2019, a month before China disclosed any cases. Now the White House is urging the WHO to conduct another investigation. We need a completely transparent process from China. We need the WHO to assist in that matter. We don't feel like we have that now. But President Biden also said that the failure to get inspectors on the ground in those early months will always hamper any investigation. Tonight, the White House says it is too early to talk about what, if any, consequences China could face if it turns out the virus escaped from that lab in Wuhan. Nora. Weijia Jiang, thank you. And the nation's highways and airports will be filling up over the next few days. Millions of Americans are ready to do some traveling for the Memorial Day weekend. But CBS's Errol Barnett reports the friendly skies are getting dangerous. With air travel on the rise nationwide, especially ahead of the holiday weekend, so too are violent incidents, both in the airport and in midair. The latest, a Southwest Airlines flight attendant attacked by a passenger who became angry when told to keep her seatbelt on, leaving the attendant without two teeth. The flight attendant was simply D, just sucker punched in the face. The 28-year-old female passenger was arrested upon landing. Southwest has reported nearly 500 incidents of misconduct during roughly a five-week period. Flight attendants cannot be coming home to work with bloodied faces. Nationwide, the FAA has counted 2,500 such incidents, with 1,900 of them for refusal to wear a mask, like this woman who was escorted off the plane. Airline staff are not alone. The TSA announced 60 officers have been assaulted during the pandemic, and today the FAA held a virtual town hall discussing the uptick in trouble. I've been appalled at the unruly and dangerous behavior that we've seen in recent months on commercial aircraft. Those traveling by car this weekend will also face challenges. The highest gas prices in seven years and crowded highways. AAA expects more than 37 million to travel 50 miles or more, up 60% from last year. Now, if you are flying out over the next few days, my goodness, get to the airport early because the TSA is predicting a pandemic record of two million flyers. So long security lines and crowded aircraft, Nora, are all but guaranteed. All right, Errol Barnett, thank you. Well, tonight, the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says COVID booster shots will likely be needed for vaccinated Americans. The timing is still to be determined. And he made some news with a new prediction. Here's CBS's Mola Lenghi. Tonight, Dr. Anthony Fauci says the pandemic will be under control in the U.S. within a few months. But with a warning to get the vaccine to as many people as possible worldwide. Not only do I think it's a humanitarian moral responsibility, but it's in what I call enlightened self-interest for us to do that. 
There's been a nearly 20% drop in average daily vaccinations since early May. Now, some states are rolling out incentives to get residents to roll up their sleeves. Five states now have cash lotteries. Colorado is the most recent, offering a million dollars to five vaccinated state residents. Yesterday, Maryland had its first $40,000 vaccine lottery winner. And in Ohio tonight, the first of 10 Vaximillion Awards. Five vaccinated adults will each get a million dollars and five vaccinated teens will get a full state college scholarship. What do you say to the folks who say financial incentives are, are maybe the wrong way to try to motivate people? If Giving this um, chance of winning a million dollars gets them motivated to go get it, then it certainly is, is worth the money. And it appears to be working. After announcing the promotion, there was an increase in vaccinations. Brandon Scotch was slow to sign up for a shot until he saw the money. It was a motivator to, you know, get the shot and, you know, hopefully hope, hope for the best. Well, today, the governor of New York here announced the state's latest vaccination incentive. Any 12 to 17-year-old state resident who gets a shot will be entered into a raffle to win a full scholarship to a state university, Nora. All right, Mullalenghi, thank you. And tonight, after a day of sweltering heat, severe storm alerts are posted across the northeast and central U.S. Let's get the forecast now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. All right, good evening, Lonnie. Good evening to you, Nora. Well, hello, everybody. Here in New York City, we are, I would say, about an hour away from some, from some big storms moving right through the metro areas. The severe thunderstorm watches for the northeast, boy, they're all over the place, anywhere from Pittsburgh down to D.C., up into you know, portions of Vermont, all fueled by some big-time heat today. Look at this. We had Norfolk, Virginia, hitting 97. Augusta, Maine, hitting 90 degrees. All right, that's going to fuel those storms by tomorrow. You'll get a much nicer day. want to talk about the Central Plains, where we're really looking at the threat for tornadoes tonight. And as you go into your day tomorrow, that tornado watch, which right now would be like around, I'll say, Colorado to Texas. Tomorrow, it's Missouri to Oklahoma. It retains its strength, moving through the overnight hours into your area. By Friday, it's a calmer situation for you. Now then you get to the holiday weekend, and the worst, the worst weather looks to be the northeast, Nora. Uh, talking 60s with a rain chance. The best weather if you're looking for warmth, the Pacific Northwest, believe it or not. So I know, Nora, you were asking me about the weather in your area. I'm going to suggest maybe you take a flight to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was looking very closely at the weather this weekend. Lonnie Quinn, thank you. You bet. Um, And we want to turn now to new developments in a murder case that drew national attention. Lori Vallow Daybell and her husband, Chad Daybell, are facing new charges tonight, nearly a year after her children were found dead on his property. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. Lori and Chad Daybell appeared separately in an Idaho court, both charged in the murders of her children and his ex-wife. Prosecutors claim the couple used their belief in doomsday scenarios to justify the killings. It's punishable by death or life imprisonment. Seven-year-old J.J. Vallow and 16-year-old Tylee Ryan were reported missing in the fall of 2019. Their remains found in Daybell's backyard last summer. The investigation expanded to include the deaths of Chad's first wife, Tammy, Lori's ex-husband, Charles Vallow, and her brother, Alex Cox, who killed Vallow, claiming self-defense. After his ex-wife's death, Chad and Lori Daybell married and later moved to Hawaii alone. Just tell people what's happening. Court documents reveal Chad took out a large life insurance policy on Tammy and Lori continued to collect her children's Social Security survivor benefits after their deaths. J.J.'s grandparents have been demanding justice. 
She's going to be held accountable 100% for everything. Chad has written several doomsday books and allegedly led a dangerous cult. Investigators say Lori believed her children had become zombies. If convicted, both could face the death penalty. Carter Evans, CBS News. Tonight, the CDC is warning that 10 million Americans with compromised immune systems that they will need to continue wearing face masks even after being vaccinated against COVID. CBS's Nikki Batiste explains why. The easing of COVID restrictions has only added to the fear of millions of people like 43-year-old Jennifer Trokin. I take about 15 pills a day. She is fully vaccinated, yet wholly unprotected from the virus because her immune system is suppressed by medicine she takes to prevent organ rejection. I would stay up all night for months to help figure this out. Dr. Dori Zegev is a transplant surgeon at Johns Hopkins. I'm hearing of transplant and other immunosuppressed people who got vaccinated and relaxed their safety behaviors and are now being admitted to hospitals and some are dying because they get COVID-19. Johns Hopkins tested the vaccine's effectiveness on Trokin. This email revealed two shots produce no COVID antibodies. It was like a gut punch. It's your medication that's essentially opposing the vaccine, but you can't not take your medication. Not taking that medication is just not an option. And a recent study found nearly half the transplant patients who got two doses of either the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine produced no COVID antibodies, and the rest produced them at much lower levels than a normal immune system would. So this is really much more of a stark contrast than we had expected. Trokin got a third shot, but that failed too. Segev says for now, her best protection against COVID is for the rest of us to get vaccinated. I hope if there are people out there who haven't committed to being vaccinated, in my heart, I hope um, that they reconsider. Nikki Batiste, CBS News, Saddle River, New Jersey. Tonight, flags above the U.S. Senate are flying at half-staff to honor Republican John Warner. A veteran of World War II, he later served as Navy Secretary and represented Virginia in the Senate for 30 years. He was also the sixth of Elizabeth Taylor's seven husbands. John Warner died Tuesday of heart failure. He was 94 years old. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, Tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Amazon today just did some shopping of its own, buying MGM for nearly $8.5 billion. It's the latest in a series of mega deals shaking up Hollywood. Amazon hopes to boost its streaming service with MGM's library of more than 4,000 films, including the James Bond and Rocky series. Also late today, founder Jeff Bezos told shareholders he'll step down as CEO on July 5th. He'll stay as executive chairman. 
All right, tonight, 50 people have been forced from their homes after a seven-alarm fire swept through several apartment houses in Boston. The fire broke out in Dorchester this morning. Four people, including three firefighters, were taken to hospitals with minor injuries. The city and the Red Cross are helping displaced families find shelter. The Earth, Sun and Moon put on a spectacular show overnight, aligning for the first total lunar eclipse in nearly two and a half years. And it happened during a full supermoon, when it's closest to our planet. Now, the combined phenomena were called a super flower blood moon. People on both sides of the Pacific Ocean could see the eclipse, which lasted about 15 minutes. Samuel E. Wright spent most of his life performing in front of others on the stage and screen, but his best-known role only featured his voice. Wright starred as Sebastian the Crab in the animated movie The Little Mermaid, singing the Oscar-winning hit Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Wright made his Broadway debut in 1971 and later starred in The Lion King. For years, he also played the Purple Grapes in Fruit of the Loom commercials. Samuel E. Wright, a South Carolina native, died of prostate cancer Monday in New York, where he founded a cultural center. He was 74 years old. A Harvard-bound student is sharing her story of loss and triumph and inspiring others around the world. That's all tomorrow. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.